Hi, this is Mark. Thank you for joining me today on Words of Truth. This is a podcast that deal with, deals with real issues of the day, using the Bible as our source book for finding the answers. Maybe you're aware that the Bible is the best-selling book of all times. Did you know that? I read somewhere that 3.9 billion copies have been sold worldwide. Now, that doesn't account for the many copies that have been given away for free, meaning that the actual copies in circulation is unknown. The Bible has been translated in countless languages and preserved for the generations. I don't know how many copies of the Bible I have on my own bookshelf, more than 10, and in different translations, meaning a variety of levels of readability. And that's a topic for another podcast, I'm sure. I would guess that most of us listening to this podcast today have more than one Bible in their home. But here's the question. Do we read them? Now, I live in Canada, but in all of North America, which includes the United States, we have more churches and Bibles and Christian TV and radio programs and Christian outreaches than any other nation in the world. And so why is biblical illiteracy such a huge problem? I've taught the Bible for 40 years as a pastor, and I cease to be amazed at the things that come out of the mouths of so-called Christians. I mean, people make statements that simply are not in the Bible, but sometimes, but someone has made them up to sound like the Bible and that they, they're just accepted without reading it for themselves. Here are some popular statements that you might recognize, but they are not biblical. Here's one. God helps those who help themselves. <laughs> Have you heard that one? I hope you've never used it, and I hope you don't think that's from the Bible. If you did, I'd challenge you to find the chapter and verse and send it to me because I've never found it yet. Here's another one. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Have you heard that? That's a popular one with some parents, but it's not actually a quote from the Bible. It might be a loose translation of Proverbs 13, 24, which says, He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. In fact, Samuel Butler, 17th century British poet, actually coined that phrase, spare the rod, spoil the child. In his satirical poem, uh, Hudibras, I guess that's how it's pronounced, H-U-D-I-B-R-A-S. Another popular so-called quote from the Bible is, here it is, money is the root of all evil. Now, I'm sure you've heard that before. And that's not too far off the actual verse found in 1 Timothy 6.10. But it actually says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people are eager for money, and they have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And so it's not money that's the root of evil, but it's the love of money that is the root of evil. One that some parents want to use with their kids is that cleanliness is next to godliness. Really? I don't know. Jesus didn't say that in the Sermon on the Mount or in any other teachings in the gospel. It's actually a misquote from James chapter 4 and verse 8 that says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Here's another one that you've no doubt heard. Pride comes before the fall. Well, that's not exactly what the Bible says. 
Proverbs 16, 18 actually reads, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And so those are just a few of the many misquotes from the Bible, but but people will quote them as, well, actual scripture, trying to make us believe they really know their Bible. But all it really shows us is that they don't actually read their Bible at all. And maybe they're actually biblically illiterate. And it's because of this biblical illiteracy that I'm seeing more and more Christians today straying from the truth of the scriptures and falling in line with the secular, worldly, and even demonic teachings and persuasions of the world today. Not to mention most of the social social issues of the day that are totally unbiblical. There are many people who call themselves Christians who really don't understand the gospel. That is what it means to be a follower of Jesus or who God accepts into his kingdom. I heard a person say just the other day that they didn't think it's fair that people of other religions who don't believe in Jesus shouldn't be allowed into heaven when they die. Actually, they asked the, they asked the question, are they allowed into heaven? And they went on to say that they think that uh, if a person is good enough, no matter what they believe in, at least they're trying to believe in something that God should let them into heaven. Well, it shows that they didn't really read their Bible. There's only one way to live with God in heaven. It's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. In other words, it's only by putting our complete trust in Jesus, in what he did for us when he died on the cross, paying the price required for our forgiveness of first sin, that we can enter, enter into heaven. We don't get there because we're good or because we deserve it or because we can do enough good things. It's because Jesus is good. Jesus paid the price for our sins. Jesus allows us to be called children of God. It's the only religion that makes that kind of a claim. All other religions say you have to be good enough and maybe you'll get into heaven. No, no, no. Jesus says, if you believe in me, you will get into heaven. It's guaranteed. But we have to put our complete trust in him and his work. I heard another person make the statement, well, if you die without trusting in Jesus, you'll get a second chance after death. Where in the Bible is that? Jesus never taught that the dead have a second chance. In fact, in the story about the rich man and Lazarus, the rich man is in torment in hell. And Lazarus is with Jesus, and the rich man wasn't allowed to cross over no matter how much he wanted to. In other words, he made the wrong choice in life by not putting his trust in Jesus, and now he's suffering the consequences of his choice. You see, everyone has to make a decision before they die to follow Christ, because once they're dead, the chances are over. That's not what some church or some religion or what some teaching says it's what the Bible says. Read it. Read it for yourself. In fact, let me share with you four things we can do to avoid biblical illiteracy. First of all, read your Bible. That sounds pretty obvious, doesn't it? Read it by yourself. Read it with other people. The only way you'll ever know what God's Word teaches is if you actually read it for yourself. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, 
and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, God's word isn't like any other book in that it's a living book and it's able to actually change our lives. And then secondly, connect God's word with God's word and the real world. You see, far too often the accounts in scripture are treated as isolated events with no direct correlation to one another. But the Bible is a masterpiece that carefully weaves together the history of peoples from across generations, pointing toward the focus of the Bible, which is God's redemptive plan through Jesus Christ. See, whenever we connect biblical accounts with one another across the Testaments, the Bible becomes a cohesive whole that that makes sense. Ruth is a perfect example of that. It's not just a story about Naomi and Ruth and the hardships that they had. No, actually, Ruth marries Boaz. Boaz is a lion, is in the line of Jesus, and that makes Ruth and Boaz ancestors in the line of Christ. So read the whole Bible, make it make the connections, and it makes sense. And then, as you read through the Bible, be sure to connect the history of the Bible with the world around you. As you read read about the account of the flood, for example, you can easily explain the fossils and rock layers that we find around the world. And as you read the story of creation, you can see how different species are the result of animals and plants being created to reproduce according to their own kinds, and how man and woman were created with their own DNA that defines them as male and female and and how archaeological finds confirm what God's Word teaches. You see, this brings the Bible to life in a meaningful way. But also, it's important not to treat biblical events as just nice stories. You see, the the word story carries the idea of a fairy tale or a bedtime story. On the contrary, God's Word contains real history, and we need to read it like that. And we need to make sure young people know that the people and the events and the places in the Bible are real and they're truthful. They're not some made up thing, not some made up story. And then finally, as you read the Bible or when you hear a sermon or when you hear somebody so-called quoting the Bible, look it up in your own Bible and find out whether it's true. And then answer people's skeptical questions that cause them to doubt or to be in error. With real answers, you can quote from the Bible using chapter and verse. And by the way, that you can back up. There's evidence that shows that it's true. Keep a list of answers in the back of your Bible for easy reference. Find real answers to questions like how to be saved and who gets to go to heaven. And is there a second chance after death? And what is biblical baptism? Uh, And what is its purpose? Is a baby a person at conception? What does the Bible say about sex outside of marriage? See, look up these real-life issues and find biblical answers, and don't just listen to the commentary of the day. Today, more than ever, we need a generation of Christ followers who read their Bible, who study their Bible, and who really understand its teachings. The closer we get to the second coming of Christ, the more error will fill our world. And the more people will follow after teachings that just tickle their ears. 
We're going back to the day of the judges when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And we need people who will stand up for the truth and correct the errors so that people won't be led astray. Will you be one of those people? Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.